And on this Father's Day weekend, we are wrapping up this three-week series where we're looking at the most famous story that Jesus told. Probably the most famous story Jesus told, and it's, it's a big deal. It's a story about a dad and his two sons. The younger son made some very unwise choices, as we have seen. And the older brother, the older of the two sons, so frustrated and angry with his younger brother and how all of it came about. And, the, and then there's the dad. This dad with such a heart of love for both of his sons. In fact, as we saw, the heart of the father is the point of the story. Jesus wanted to illustrate what the heart of the heavenly father was like to his audience then and to us still today, a heart of compassion, a heart of celebration for both sons in the story and all people in reality. And in this good and bad and the ugly series, in week one, we saw the good. We looked at the heart of the father. If you missed it, you want to get caught up. And last week, we saw the bad, the son, the younger son that made some really foolish, stupid, unwise decisions. And today, we wrap it up by talking about the ugly, the older brother. Now, we, honestly, we don't know what he looked like, so <laughs> there's my dad joke for the day. Uh, no, no, we, we, we say the ugly because the older brother was certainly an ugly contrast to the heart of the father, his attitude. His mindset, his behavior could not have been more opposite of what Jesus was trying to point the attention what it should be according to the heart of the Father. Now, Jesus' original audience was the Pharisees. Remember, the religious leaders of the day. We saw that in week one. The Pharisees were very frustrated, upset with Jesus because of who Jesus was spending time with, because of who Jesus was including because of who Jesus was accepting and bringing around him, they were like, no, these, these people have issues. They're not you know, spiritual enough. They are the lowlifes of society. They, they have problems. They're sinners. They're notorious sinners. They have reputations, Jesus, and you are eating with them. You're spending time with them. And Jesus was trying to get the Pharisees to clue in to what he was here to do to begin with. And so he told them three stories, back to back. One, two, three stories, as we saw in week one, and this story is the last of the three. And when he gets to this part of the story where he's talking about the older brother, he's probably making eye contact really closely with the Pharisees, trying to help them understand that in the story, the Pharisees are the older brother. The older brother of the Pharisees. So important that we understand that the older brother was just as messed up as the younger brother who went out and did all this stuff and wasted his inheritance on wild living. And uh, as he was just as messed up, but just in a different way for different reasons. This is called the story of the lost son. But in reality, it's a story of two lost sons just for different reasons. They were both messed up, had issues just from different contexts, different ends of the spectrum. And so the older brother that we're going to focus on today was still at home. He never left, but he was still just as lost. In fact, you could argue 
that the older brother's heart was farther from the father than his younger brother. This is not the story of some good, obedient child that was considered good and obedient just because they stayed where they were supposed to and they did what they were supposed to do. No, this is a story of two sons in desperate need of the heart of the father. So let's dive into the details of this older brother. Okay, let me set it up real quick. The younger brother left, wasted it all, came to his senses as we saw last week, and he's coming home, and the father greets him and celebrates and said, let's, let's throw a party. Let's celebrate together your return. So that's where we pick up the story. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, I mean, I'm sorry, that's just where my, when you hear meanwhile, you think back at the ranch, kind of, not. The older son was in the fields working. Now, when he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house, and he asked one of the servants what was going on. They said, your brother's back, and your father has killed the fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. Probably the first time in recorded history where that sound was heard. Yeah, if you know anything about that sound in the movie, right? Good, the bad, the ugly. That he was about to go down. I mean, the older brother could hardly imagine what he was hearing. Could hardly fathom what was getting ready to happen in his family. Watch. He was angry. And he wouldn't go in. He wouldn't go inside. He wouldn't, he wouldn't go into the celebration. So his father came out and begged him. So he's got a confrontation here. Notice the older brother wasn't like, yes, Junior's home. This is great. You know, we've been praying for him. No, nothing like that. It was the exact opposite. And dad picked up on it. Dad saw it. Dad must have peered through the window or around the corner and saw that there was a conversation and he knew the look on his older son's face. He'd seen that look before. He knew his boy. He's like, this ain't good. So dad goes out and starts begging him, imploring him to come in. Now watch what happens next. The older son said, all these years, I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing that you told me to do. You get the tone here? You kind of get where this is going? He's building his case. Hey, if you're a parent or grandparent, anytime you start hearing those, those drama words, never, always, right? you just like, ah, this is not going to go into a good place. This is, this is just going to be hairy, right? And that's what's going on. I'm never, you never and always and not a single, what, he's never, he never did anything wrong, not a single time. Okay, come on, that's a little bit much. But he's emotional, he's upset. Okay, I get it. He goes on. And in all that time, you, here he goes again, never. Dad, you never even gave me one goat for a feast with my friends. You didn't treat me the way you treat him. This ain't fair. Yet when this son of yours comes back, do you get that? You notice that? This son of yours, he didn't say my brother. He said this son of yours. He'd already detached. He'd already un unhooked himself from the, he'd already disconnected. He'd already kind of separated himself. 
Like, it ain't my brother. This is your son. This son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes. <gasps> you celebrate by killing the fatted calf. Dad, this is preposterous. This is unheard of. The father said to him, look, dear son. Again, here we got that heart of the father, that compassionate heart. Called to him, dear son. It wasn't like, how dare you talk to me that way? You got another thing coming. You want to go? You want to go? Right? No, no. Nothing like that, dads. It was, dear son, you have always stayed by me. Obvious. Look at this. And everything I have is yours. Everything I have is yours. You got it good, son. What you got to complain about? Everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day. Just makes sense. Why? Because your brother. See how he turned it? He didn't say, for this son of mine. He said, your brother. He's making sure that the older brother knows, no, this is your brother, your family. You're connected. He was dead. He's come back to life. He was lost. Now he's found. You know, I think at different points in our lives, all of us will probably be able to identify with both brothers, depending upon what's going on in our lives. I mean, there may be times when you will have made some really dumb choices, some unwise decisions, and you'll be able to identify with that younger brother and go, oh yeah, I need to come to my senses and return to the father. But unfortunately, honestly, embarrassingly so, more times than not, I think we have more in common with the older brother than we want to admit. All of us. At least to somebody. At least to someone. At least there's somebody. And maybe there's somebody in your family, and it might be a sibling. It might be your brother. It might be your sister, older, younger, a cousin, family member, a child, a parent, an uncle. Well, it's always an uncle. I don't know why. Somebody in your family, or a friend, or a former friend, or a used-to-be friend, or we're not friends anymore. We don't talk anymore. Somebody you unfollowed. Somebody you work with. That when you see them coming, or you know that you're going to be in a meeting with them, or interact with them, or have to associate with them, or they're going to be at the party, or they're coming to family vacation, or whatever, and you fill in the blank, you're like, oh, not them. You totally go older brother in your attitude to them, looking down on them like the older brother looked down on the younger brother. Maybe it's somebody that you go to church with, somebody here, somebody in your small group. Or how about this? Maybe it's a whole group of people. It's not just one person. It's a whole group of people. And every time you're watching the news and they're in the headlines, you know, them, those people in the headlines, your blood just starts to boil and you're like, see, that's what's wrong with our country. That's what's wrong with America. And this is just a hell in a handbasket and all this kind of stuff and blah, blah, blah. And that's what's wrong. And, you know, and when you see them in, in your culture, maybe in this culture, maybe a group of people in another culture, in another country, but whatever it is, you have more in common with the older brother than you may want to admit. Do you remember the Jeff Foxworthy stuff? The You might be a redneck. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to do any of those because I'm not him. And plus it's personal. I don't, I don't like people talking about my family. I don't want people talking about you either. Just, all right, so think about that and accept not funny, think serious. 
And I want to give you three characteristics. When it comes to having more in common with the older brother, you might have more in common with the older brother than you may want to admit. When you think about that person, that person in your life, or that group of people in your life, like we just described, and you are constantly having thoughts that go like, they don't deserve and they didn't earn. They don't deserve and they didn't earn. And you're just going to rant in your thoughts. They don't deserve. So that's the older brothers thinking, after what he's done, after what he's been guilty of, after what he put dad and mom through and put us all through, the embarrassment, after all he did, he, didn't deserve, he doesn't deserve, he didn't earn to be welcomed back, much less be celebrated with a party. You think of them, you look at them, you look at those people and you think they don't deserve, they don't deserve to be forgiven. They didn't earn a second chance, much less a third or a fourth. And here they are again. They, they don't deserve, they didn't earn. And they shouldn't get, they shouldn't get that situation. They shouldn't have that blessing. They shouldn't have that family, that marriage. They, they, she doesn't deserve a husband like that. He, he doesn't deserve a wife like that. They don't deserve kids like that. What, are you kidding me? Look at them. I know. I know the real them. I know, I know what no one else knows. I see, I see. I see through it, and I know. They don't deserve. They didn't earn. They, they don't deserve that job. Making that kind of money. No, more hard, no harder than they work. I know how hard they work. They don't work near as hard as me. I know how hard she works. I know how hard he works. And, they, and that truck, they don't deserve to drive that truck, live in that house, go on those vacations. You just, just go right down the line. They didn't deserve or earn that life. You see, innocently, I say innocently, carefully, but innocently it kind of starts out as fairness because we're human beings, right? And as human beings... We get distracted often by what we think is fair and not fair. I mean, if we've been doing it since we were children. That's not fair. That's a normal feeling. But unfortunately, it progresses very quickly from fairness to anger and bitterness and indifference. And now you start giving them the cold shoulder and you avoid them and you detach that son of yours, the older brother said. So you don't even talk to him anymore. You just avoid them. You go the other way. You walk the other way. You drive the other way. You avoid them. You see them coming, and you don't even, you don't even, want, don't, don't even bring their name up to me. Yeah. They didn't deserve. They didn't earn. And you know what's behind all of this, the underlying problem? And it'll sneak up on you. It's pride. It's pride. You're like, I don't have a problem with pride. Oh, okay. That's what prideful people say. Yeah. It's pride. Here's why we know it's pride. Because when you say they don't deserve and they didn't earn, you know what you're assuming and implying by that statement? But I do deserve and I have earned. Yeah, yeah, I, I, um, I did it right. <laughs> I did it right. I paid the price. I put in the time. I followed the rules. I've been the good one here. And I've been keeping score. And they have. You feel that? It feels raw, doesn't it? And none of us would want to put our picture by that description. But it's there more than we want to admit. 
This is why Jesus is telling the story, trying to get the Pharisees to clue in. You say, you calling me a Pharisee? No, I'm not calling anybody a Pharisee. I'm just saying it, it applies to us just as much as it does and did to them. You might have more in common with the older brother than you want to admit if you constantly find yourself thinking about what they don't deserve and what they didn't earn, but you did. Now, if, if, if you're at this point going, you mean there was no consequences to this? You mean, no, we've talked about that. Of course there were consequences. He lost his inheritance. The younger son lost his inheritance and his reputation. We're still talking about it. And we kind of chuckle at that. Yeah, we are. But it's no laughing matter if you're the younger son. I mean, it's followed him. It's a part of his life's resume, like it or not. It's kind of followed him through the centuries, through the millennia. There's plenty of consequences here. Lots of pain. That nobody can undo. And there's no indication that he got his inheritance back. But let me remind us of something before we go on. And the reason I want to bring this up is because it's going to come back again. Um, I happen to know where we're going in the future series over the next few months. And, and from time to time, you kind of see seasonally a pattern developing. And it's, it's not like I'm doing it on purpose. It's just like, gee, God, that's, that's pretty amazing. Oh, nope, there it is again. There it is again. There it is again. And, and here's a theme that we will see probably a handful of times over the next four to six months. He said, when it comes to payback, when it comes to payback and getting even, God said, hands off for you. That's my territory. In fact, he said, vengeance is mine. I will repay. If somebody needs to be paid back, I got that. I got it. I got it. Your job, your job is to love them ridiculously. Just love them. Take the heart of the Father and you let me clean, let me clean the mess up. And then that brings all kinds of questions. I know, I know. And we'll talk about some of that stuff. But just know, just know, when you find yourself going, somebody needs to teach them a lesson, be very careful. Be very, very careful. Because that may be aligning you more with the heart of the older brother than you're more comfortable. Too comfortable. Admitting. All right. So first characteristic. They didn't deserve, they didn't earn. You might have more in common with the older brother than you might want to admit. Secondly, if you find a way to always make it about you. Always make it about you. Well, I don't do that. Well, that's what people who always make it about them say. Because you can't see it in the mirror. Now, we can see it because we hear it. And no matter what's going on, you make it about you. It's interesting that the return of the younger brother had very little to do with the older brother, except the older brother made it about him. Had very little to do with him. I mean, if all things were working the way they should, older brother should have just helped dad throw the party. But no, 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 no. He wanted to make it about himself. In the older brother's mind, what he had and why he had it was all because of him. Because he stayed. And he never did anything wrong. And he was always, it was all, he made it about him. And as soon as the focus was turned to the younger brother's return, he turned the focus right back around on himself. That's not fair. That's not fair. Even when it's not about you, if you find a way to bring you into it and make it about you, you might have more in common with the older brother than you think. See, that's one of the reasons why you have a hard time celebrating them. When they get a promotion, when they get a raise, when they get a new car, a new house, when they go on a great vacation, when they, you know, hey, we're having another baby, or hey, you know, whatever, you just fill in the blank. When something good happens to them, whoever the them is for you, 
Or they get, you know, something good. You know, they get a tax break or they whatever. You just fill in the blank. If it's a whole group of people of society, whatever. You have a hard time celebrating? Yeah, because you make this about you. That's not fair. That's not fair. That's not right. Make it about you. You're more like the older brother than you want to admit. Let's, let's get something clear here. Neither of the brothers, the younger or the older, deserved nor earned what they had from the father. They were both given an inheritance because they were born into the family. That's how it works, right? Now, the younger son wasted his, but the older son tried to take credit for his part. Both were off base. They got what they had because they were born to dad. Dad divided up his inheritance. You're kind of born into it. Neither one of them had deserved or earned what they really had. It was all a grace, ultimately. It was all a grace to them from the Father. You find yourself making it about you, but I, mm, that's not fair and that's not right. They didn't deserve and they didn't earn and, and all this kind of stuff. Here's the deal. Listen very carefully. And we'll drop some, some, some truth here for all of us. There are a lot of people who have worked much harder than you who have less than you have. Who could look at you and go, but they, somebody, you're, mm, somebody's looking at you. I can't believe her. I can't believe them. There's somebody somewhere that has worked harder than you, put in more time than you have, who has left to show for what they've done than you do. And you make it all about you, and we make it all about ourselves. It's all a grace. It's all a grace. What you have, you have is a grace. Yes, I get it. You work hard, you should work hard. There's all kinds of principles in the scripture that talks about working hard and being diligent and all this kind of stuff and being faithful. Yes, we should. But ultimately, even then, it's a grace because there are people who have been more faithful than you that have less than you have. So ultimately, it's a grace. You might have more in common with the older brother. Third characteristic. This might be the toughest one to chew on. When you're with the father, but you're not like the father. The older brother was with the father. He never left the father. But he wasn't very much like that. He wasn't very much like the father. And that was the whole point of why Jesus was telling this to begin with. Never forget. Never forget, ultimately. It's about being like the father. I mean, that's the end result of the gospel. The ultimate end result of the work of Jesus on the cross is not that you, not just that we'll go to heaven one day when we die. No, it's bigger than that. It's so that we will be aligned with the heart of the Father, not just when we're dead one day, but starting now, starting now, that we will be connected with him, that we will, through following Jesus, become more like him fully embracing the image of God that he put within us that's made alive through Christ through faith in Jesus you see that's where this whole thing goes anyway and if you find yourself where you are with the father and you're around the father a lot you're not much like him got older brother issues 
So, so, you know, going to church, that's great. We're glad you're here. Thanks for tuning in online. That's fantastic. But, but going to church and, and staying out of trouble, like the older brother, that, that's not the end of it, right? Well, I go to church, and I'm, I, I mean, my nose is clean. I, I, I ain't perfect now. I ain't perfect, you know. I ain't perfect, just forgiven, just forgiven. That's what my bumper sticker says. But, but you know, I, I go to church and, and I, 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 I do what, you know. Okay, you're with the Father. You're around the Father. But it doesn't necessarily mean you're like the Father. See, never forget, the proximity to the Father does not automatically mean unity with the Father. Proximity to him doesn't mean unity with him. You can be around him and not be like him. Jesus wanted the Pharisees to understand that we are to be stewards of God's grace to each other, not just recipients of God's grace for ourselves. That's so important. You and I are not just recipients of the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. We are to be stewards of it, sharing what we have received, giving it away. And that's what Jesus wanted the Pharisees to desperately clue into that they were having such a hard time understanding because it didn't fit into the system of how they always thought. Who was in, who was out, who made the cut and who doesn't make the cut. And Jesus was turning all of that upside down, which is interesting. I want to make sure I touch on this as we begin to wrap up. It's interesting how Jesus ended the story. When Jesus ended the story, he ended the story with a reminder to the Pharisees of the mission of the whole thing. Of, it was just a reminder, just a, just, a, just a subtle reminder. And I think they got the point. Jesus was reminding them yet again of why any of this matters to begin with. Look, remember that last part of the story for your brother, the dad said to the older brother? Your brother was dead and has come back to life. Dead to life, dead to life. He was lost. But now he's found. Yeah, that, that, that's the whole point, right? That's why Jesus came. Now, remember we talked last week how, how Jesus went from town to town teaching things from village to village and probably taught the same things and told the same stories from place to place to place because that's how the story spread and that's how more people heard because they didn't have recording devices and replay and newspapers and all that kind of stuff that we have today. So there's a good chance that when Jesus got to this part, that people were listening going, I think I heard Jesus say something like this before. I think I've heard Jesus talk about this before. I think he's given an illustration kind of like this before. And maybe they remembered what Luke recorded Jesus saying earlier on when Jesus said, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. Jesus said, I've come to call not those who think they are righteous, Pharisees, wink, wink, Older brothers, wink, wink. But those who know they are sinners and need to repent, need to change their mind, need to come to the Father. Here's the truth. That's the mission. But it's the mission for both the younger brother and the older brother because in their own way and for different reasons, they were both in need of what the Father had to offer. Both were sick. Neither were righteous. 
Both were sinners, all in the same place, in need of what the Father offers. Because remember, the whole point of this whole thing is the heart of the Father, and we have to choose it. Choose the heart of the Father, a heart of compassion and celebration to that person, to those people. Choose. Choose the heart of the Father. It's a decision, and it's a daily decision. And sometimes it's an hourly decision. And you're walking into that meeting, and you know he's going to be there, she's going to be there. And I mean, you go, okay, well, choose the heart of the Father. Here we go, here we go. And then, you know, five minutes into the meeting, again. 30 minutes into the meeting, again. And when you leave the meeting, again, right? You're on that Zoom call, and you're fine, you're fine. Choose the heart of the Father until it's their turn to talk, and you're like, oh, Choose the heart of the Father, right? I mean, it's just, here we go. Yeah, we're coming for family vacation. Oh, your brother's coming. Oh, choose the heart of the Father, right? And your uncle's gonna be there. Choose the heart of the Father. And just, oh, end of the day, we're gonna see what the weather is. And they're in the news again. There we go. Choose the heart of the Father. See, it's a constant, constant choice of compassion and celebration. Because remember, the heart of the father to the younger brother was come home, come home. And what was the heart of the father to the older brother? Come in the house, same thing. Come in the house and help us get ready for the party. Come on, it's like, come be with me. Come on, come on, come, come join me. Come align yourself with my heart. Older brothers, younger brothers, and everybody in between. If you find yourself arguing with yourself but I still can't get past that they didn't deserve and they don't earn and, and they don't, I mean, just what about me and all this kind of stuff and it, I can't see why God and don't you think God would be mad and don't you think and you know, all that kind of stuff. Here's the deal. We are recipients of the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God and we are to then steward that and leave the results as we share that with the world, leave the results up to the Father. Don't try to make sense of God's love. Don't try to put it in an outline or a theology system. I mean, you can, I guess you could try, but it's gonna bust it up every time. Eventually, you keep going and it's gonna be like, man, I didn't see that coming. I didn't see that coming. And you're recipients of it. You get in on it as well. That is what we're to be about. That is the heart of the Father. Okay. One last time. I want you to think about that person that makes you go older brother on them. I mean, you just feel it. I want you to think about that group of people. Prayerfully. Mind you, prayerfully. Think about them and let's watch this one more time, but let's see the whole story all at once.
Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you. Thank you for having Luke record the story that Jesus told almost 2,000 years ago so that we can spend time in it and with it because we need it still. We may be quick to point out how we're not the Pharisees, but yet we're still very much in need of the truth that is here. It's older brothers and younger brothers and everybody in between. Father, help us. Help me. Not to get so distracted with fairness that bitterness builds inside of us, inside of me. And we detach from those that you so desperately want to reach and welcome home. Father, help us not to selfishly start thinking we deserve and we've earned what they don't and haven't. Help us not to make it about ourselves. Father, help us to not ever be content just to be with you, but may we be and become like you through Jesus. Help us to understand that's the big picture of the whole thing. That's the mission is through faith in Christ to come home to the Father and join you. Align ourselves with your heart for the world. And participate in your kingdom work. That includes us, but not is about us. It includes us, but it's so much bigger than us. May we join your heart of compassion, period. And celebration, end of story. And leave the results to you. Father, help us to be people like that.
especially with that person in our lives that we're going to see today or this week or in a few weeks, that we're going to have interactions with at the office or in our family, or that group of people that we think we know. Father, help us. Help us to align ourselves with your heart of compassion and celebration for them. Help us to not just be people like that, to be a church like that for our community. So that they will look at us and see your heart. In Jesus' name, amen.